Hi, I'm Rifka. And I'm Ida. Welcome to the From the Inside Out podcast. We are entrepreneurs and friends who love connecting through meaningful conversations. It all started in an Uber where we were both inspired by each other's life experiences. We decided then and there to create this platform because we believe in the power of connection and growth through sharing our experiences. Here we share research-backed tools, tips, and shortcuts, and interviews with some of our world's greatest thinkers, leaders, and everyday heroes who inspire us to create positive change in mind, body, and soul. From the Inside Out. Welcome back to From the Inside Out. Our mission on this podcast platform has been and continues to be to have authentic conversations and share the latest research and Hasidic insights on some of the important issues we face today. And we've talked about creating personal boundaries, embracing struggles, overcoming triggers, managing stress, and many other topics if you've been listening to our episodes. And you can, if you haven't, you can go back and listen to any of our previous episodes and you'll find a lot of these topics there. And we received many messages and emails with requests for topics to discuss. And we want you to know we are taking in all your messages and listeners' feedback is so valuable to us and helps guide us and inspires us. And again, as always, thank you for listening. Yes, I second that. Thank you for listening. Today's topic is confidence, which is such an important topic. Um, it's also very misunderstood. And I think that confidence really lies at the core of so many of the choices we make. And it just plays a significant role in our day-to-day lives. And there are so many people who who struggle with with confidence. We initially felt ready to cover this topic, but as we were preparing, we realized how much more unpacking we had to do and in a way still have to do. So we dove in, we did a ton of research. We thought we had this ready last week, but then we, well, then we started unpacking further and we also ended up having a lot of conversations with each other at the analyzing, do we have confidence and what does confidence really mean? So we extracted the most valuable parts of confidence that we feel that we can all take with us to have the confidence that we need to be the best versions of ourselves. Which to me, in most cases, requires digging a little deeper. And I like to use the example of psychotherapy. Someone comes in right, to see their therapist and they come in with something called the presenting problem. It's the issue that they're coming in with but often that's not the issue that that is beneath the surface, right? That really needs to be resolved. So for example, someone comes in and says she hates her work. She doesn't like her boss. So that's the presenting problem, right? Issues at work. Well, what's the real problem, right? What's going on that you don't want to go to work every day? And generally it's something deeper. She feels that she deserves a raise and she wants to approach her boss, but she doesn't feel ready or confident enough to do that. So a lot of these issues that we struggle with day to day boil down to lack of confidence. And so I think it's important to understand, well, first of all, what is confidence? How is lack of confidence getting in the way and what could we do about it? First things first, we're going to define confidence. Confidence, it's often confused with arrogance. We often perceive confidence as lacking humility, but humility and confidence are not, they're, they're really one and the same. They're not really that different. Confidence in its true form is in many ways synonymous with humility. The definition that we found most descriptive of confidence is acceptance of oneself with inherent worthiness, with no preconditions, trusting your abilities, not in an arrogant way, but in a realistic, secure way. 
Ida, you know how we've been speaking a lot about um, different ways where we, we've lacked confidence and how we've, we've been working at changing that over the years and how it shows up for us in different areas and also how it has changed for us over time. Are we not born confident? You know, I think we all have biological predispositions, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to come out, right, and manifest in our day-to-day lives. So the question of, are you born confident? If I had to give you one answer, I'd say, no, you're not born confident. Confidence is a skill that you work on and that over time you develop by giving yourself the opportunity to take chances, to take risks, and to know that even if you fail, and it doesn't mean that you are a failure. We've both learned a lot about what confidence is and what confidence is not, and most importantly, how we can become more confident in its true definition. I just figured we'd bring an example even yesterday when I was in Florida and um, you were playing the piano so beautifully, and I was with my daughters and we complimented you on how beautifully you play the piano. And what did you respond? What did you say again? <laughs> yeah. So I said that, that I think I said I don't read the, uh, me, uh, I don't yes, read notes. That's what you said. Right. I remember that it was like, okay, this is going in our confidence. Uh, you know, it's actually it's so funny because I actually did not realize when you and your daughters were complimenting the way I played, we had already been talking a lot about confidence. Right. So I started to slowly catch myself saying things that alerted me like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that I'd do this until I started paying attention. Anybody listening now, take a moment and think about the first thing that comes to mind when somebody compliments you. I feel like for many of us, and look, if I could speak from my own experience, I immediately think of an answer that in some way downplays the compliment. Let's say somebody says, your food is amazing. I'll say, you know, this literally just took me five minutes. I use such easy recipes. And that's not like a bad thing, but The fact that it's my way of kind of downplaying it shows some level of lack of confidence, I think. So it could either be lack of confidence or it could be you don't want to come across um, haughty or arrogant to the other person. Or you don't want to make them feel bad, you know? It could be, maybe unconsciously, because I really don't know. Although I feel like if I was on the receiving end of that, so if somebody, you know, didn't want to accept a compliment because they wouldn't want to make me feel bad. I feel like I feel worse knowing that. I don't want to be in that position where somebody needs to not say something or not own up to something that they've done Mm -hmm. because they feel bad for me. Does that make sense? Yes. So the question really is, is this lack of confidence? But I'd like to know, like from the research, from from the experts, you know, what's the right way to understand this concept of confidence? Yeah. Yes. So we just gave a couple of examples of how, how we respond to things, but I can, I can also list you a bunch of the way I respond. Like I'll say, Oh, I just got lucky. Like if someone says, Oh, that your food came out amazing or um, your kids are so special or I had a lot of help if my house is looking uh, spotless. Well, sometimes I do actually have a lot of help and that's why it's looking spotless. Like sometimes we're just being honest. That's the truth. Okay. Yeah. And, and so honesty is another component of it. But the question is, if someone is complimenting you, and you feel that need to downplay it in any way, even if it's true, um, then what's going on? Is that, yes. Does that signal lack of confidence? Yeah. And I must say that we both discussed this, like with time, even while we were working on this, someone messaged me, oh, you look, you look beautiful at the wedding. And I've learned to say thank you instead of being like, oh, I, you know, I don't know, I'm not really responding because you don't even know how to react. <laughs> right, right. It's true. It's true. I feel like a thank you goes a long way, not just for the person that is complimenting you because you make them feel good about having done it. But that's not the point. The point is that when you're saying thank you, it means that you appreciate it. 
And by the way, like, I know that it's not always super comfortable to say thank you to a compliment, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Um, right. Some people think that if it's uncomfortable, then the instinct is to say something, right? Which is kind of what I do sometimes. But um, I mean, now I know that it's okay to say thank you. And even if you feel like that cringy feeling, like, just to kind of sit with it, sit with yeah. it. And kind of internalize it and let it manifest. In our last conversation that we had together, we shared a couple of thoughts from a new book that Edith Eager has come out with called The Gift. So there's a chapter in, in this book that relates to confidence. And she writes about how she was once giving a lecture at a conference and midway through her speech, a dignified looking man walked out and she almost froze on the stage thinking, okay, this speech isn't good. I'm not good. I don't deserve to have been invited to present this conference. Ida, do you relate to this feeling like getting up and you just notice the one person in the room that's making, maybe talking to somebody else and everybody else is looking at you attentively, but somehow you notice that one person and it's like, wow, I must really be doing a bad job at this. And, and why am I even up here? Yeah. That's, it's very common too, but and, yeah. And, well, anyway, yeah. that same man came back and just sat down and she realized he probably went to the bathroom or got a drink. But by the time she'd already put herself through all her thoughts, she lacked the confidence that she had when she just first started. And so, and just a side point, even if the man did walk out because he didn't like it, a, um, a confident person might think, and either shares this, who says everyone needs to love us? No one rejects you, but you, you get to choose the meaning that you take. Right. So in lacking confidence, she actually undermined her ability to give the perform or the speech or the performance that she wanted to give. So that lack of confidence is kind of like it's hurting her, not only in her the way that she feels about herself, but actually in her performance. The interesting thing is though, I think she started out confident, but I guess that one little bit of insecurity was brought out by somebody else. But but is it confidence if someone can change how you feel about something so quickly? And I'm sure that this experience that she shared was a big learning opportunity for her in that she practiced confidence and became more confident over time. Yes. And Rifka, you and I both know that today she is, is the definition of confidence. Real confidence enables us to accept the positive and the negative, positive feedback and the criticism and not let that change our sense of worthiness as humans. And yeah, I think and that how that's we what you were saying. Yes. And at another time she was giving a speech and hundreds of people stood up and, and gave her a standing ovation and people came up to her and said, you know, you've changed my life. And then one person says to her, your talk was good, but, and they gave her a whole lot of buts. And that one person can just take over all the positive feedback, but we can choose how to respond. We can fall into a pit of insecurity, or we can recognize that the critique may have to do more with the people offering it. That's, that's one aspect. Um, than with us, or we can also ask ourselves, is there anything helpful here that can support my growth and creativity? So I can say, thank you for your opinion. A truly confident person will accept the positivity and they'll also accept the criticism. What's interesting is that we assume that there, that only people who downplay their successes and their talents are the ones who aren't confident. But as a matter of fact, there's a flip side to this coin and people can sometimes appear overconfident which is a way of overcompensating for you know, inner feelings of unworthiness. Not every outwardly confident looking person is really confident. There are, and so there are distinctions that set real confidence apart from the superficial kind. So, and one of the distinctions is comparing as the basis of how we perceive ourselves. Let me just explain that a little bit. 
So many of us believe that there's not enough to go around, right? So we're judging, we're criticizing, we're thinking like if we criticize somebody, then that'll make us feel better about ourselves. Or if we compliment somebody, then that in some way diminishes us. So that's a mindset of perceiving ourselves. Isn't that a scarcity mindset? Exactly. Yes. We're, We're perceiving ourselves in a way that is very much like compared to the people around us. Around so us. yes, so so the scarcity mindset essentially means that there's this belief that there's just not enough of everything. To, so for example, I give you a piece of my pie, which means there's one less piece for me. And you know, when you're feeling like you don't measure up, it's always in relation to something or someone else, it's right. to, a, to an external thing. And so when you're always defining yourself based on something or someone else, um, someone else's criteria or someone else's barometer of success or yardstick. So if I'm walking into a room, if how I feel is contingent or is dependent on on other people on, on the people around you, right, then that will likely produce lack of confidence. My worth is contingent on some outside source and not on yeah. and let's say yeah. that day you walked into the room. And you felt superficially confident because all the people around you, you felt you were the the most beautiful and the smartest. If that's what it's contingent on, it's not going to be long lasting. It's not authentic confidence because that day it worked out. But the next day, if you're in a room with someone that is more beautiful and smarter, you're not going to feel confident. Exactly. Unfortunately, a lot of people are benefiting financially off of our lack of confidence, right? The media, the the beauty industry, you know, yeah. like anti-aging, all these things. So, so a lot of people are benefiting, unfortunately, from the lack of confidence, which is why it perpetuates. Ida and I watched this really um, insightful TED Talk, which I highly recommend you all watch. It was by a woman named, Ida, what was her name? I hope I don't butcher it, but Carolyn Mc, McHugh. On, on um, my trip to Florida, when I was with my girl staying at Edith's house, they told us about this. You know, we, we learned from our children. So <laughs> very um, smart, she, very smart children you have. Yes. They come by honestly. Yeah. yeah. Have you yeah. heard of the superiority complex and the inferiority complex? There's two. So if you have a superiority complex, you pretty much think you're the most important person in the room. And if you've got an inferiority complex, you suffer from an over-modest self-regard. Now, these are both signs of a fragile ego. One of them is about delusion of grandeur. And the other one is more about like delusions of insignificance. And there's a third way. And uh, Caroline calls it interiority. It's completely uncomparative. If you have a superiority complex or an inferiority complex, you need other people around. For a superiority complex, you need other people to be smaller. For an inferiority complex, you need um, to suffer from the I'm going to be found out syndrome. So somebody needs to find you out. Interiority is entirely unrelative. So to operate from this position of interiority, it's like a perceptual vantage point. It's a sensibility it's an orientation and it's the only place in your life, the only place in your life you have no competition because you're really just comparing to yourself. So try and find a comparison to yourself and you'll draw a blank because you're really just comparing to you. So imagine being in a world where you never compare yourself to anybody, right? Like that amazing quote, confidence is not walking to, into a room feeling like you're better than everybody else. It's walking into a room feeling you don't have to compare yourself to anyone else. Right. And to, to be in that frame of mind puts you in a place where you can genuinely 
be happy for other people's wins because you you recognize that it's got that it has nothing really to do with you in a good way. Like a rising tide raises all ships. I say that all the time, but I love it. That your win is my win. Imagine we lived in a world where your success is my success. And I'm genuinely like proud for you because we're all kind of in this together and it's not a competition and it's not a pieces of a pie where if you have success and somehow that makes me a failure. That's why I love this Ted talk because that's exactly what she's saying. Yes. And it, and it also gets you to a place when you're comparing yourself only to you of wanting to strive higher, but coming from an authentic place, not of a place, oh, because I'm comparing to this person. And you're even wondering if you can achieve that. It's more like, I want to grow from where I am right now. Right. And you've said this before on a previous episode, compare yourself. Um, only to who you were yesterday, not to what someone else is today. Exactly. I love that. It's yeah, so good and it's so true. And it's it's our best bet at living whole, a wholesome life and getting to know ourselves, getting to know what we truly connect to, you know, without the background noise. Ida, when you, you're in a, a confident place, do you find that that's the place you've been in, not comparing yourself to somebody else? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do believe that because I've practiced, you know, confidence and I put a lot of work into self-growth that I am in a place, maybe not where I want to be because we're always growing, but I'm definitely yeah. in a place where I really do appreciate the wins of others. Like, especially like people, I think oftentimes people may be threatened by others in their same field, right? Let's say, you know, if someone's in real estate, right. And they might see the world in like a pieces of a pie, zero sum game mentality where, wait, if you got this property, then that I lost this property. There's enough to go around. Uh, I think that might... we should apply that to social media as well. You know, when we share things and we share, we can share other people's wins and other people's successes. Just knowing that another person's success does not diminish ours. If we can really internalize that belief, then I think that the state of our mental health, it would improve. If we, I think that a lot of the struggles that we have are related to feeling like we just aren't enough. We don't measure up. We're in the scarcity mindset. And I think that's why gratitude has been one of the most researched topics, the importance of gratitude, because gratitude is about recognizing the gifts, right? The stuff that we have as opposed to the stuff that we don't. We we're yeah. going to get to that um, because yeah. gratitude really ties in with humility and humility ties in with confidence. So I love Rabbi Shays Taub's analogy, and I've mentioned, I've shared this before, but I, it's worth mentioning again, that there are thermostats and there are thermometers in this world, right? What's the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer? A thermostat sets the temperature in the room, right? You set it to, let's say 70 degrees or in my house, 67, which is true. Um, in warm, sunny Florida, we need the temperature a little bit lower, but let's Don't just worry. say I'm in the winter over here and my husband likes a cold in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily we have good blankets, but let's say I set the temperature to 70 degrees, right? And so the uh, surrounding environment will adjust accordingly to the thermostat. A thermometer only picks up on the temperature that's already in the room, which means that if you're a thermostat personality, you walk into the room and you set your own temperature. You just are who you are and it's working for you. Um, whereas if you're a thermometer, you're constantly on edge looking around, like who's going to be at this party? Who's right. going to be there? I need to make sure I know who's there before I go. Cause then I have to know what to do, what to, what to say and all that stuff. So the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer is that a thermostat is obviously um, symbolic. It relates to confidence. Uh, yes. So the, the interesting thing is as we're talking, and I like that we're going to go into this next element now, which is humility, is that 
yes, we are the ones that are in control of ourselves to work at not bringing other people into the picture by comparing ourselves to them. But at the same time, we do need to take the world around us and the people around us into consideration and, and be sensitive to that. And that's where humility comes in. It's an important component of confidence in a way that it's understood by experts in mental health and also in Hasidus, in that really confidence and, and humility, we might perceive it as two opposites, but really they're one and the same. Um, so true. Yeah, because people often see them as like mutually exclusive or different. Yeah, yeah, they and really they can mean. easily coexist in that in that one requires we embrace our strengths and the other where we are aware of our weaknesses. I feel like that's the crux of it, is being able to define something and let go of whatever preconceived ideas we had of it. Kind of like what Brene Brown did for vulnerability. Like what we thought was vulnerability before Brene was, you know, vulnerability means you're weak. It means you're powerless. And then she came around and she completely turned it on its head and said, no, vulnerability actually means power. So I think that that's what we're trying to kind of really understand here is what is confidence? What is humility? Confidence is not arrogance. Humility is not being self-deprecating. Humility is often misunderstood as a weakness, but true humility means you are not weak. It means that you don't make others feel weak or inferior. And when we make others feel inferior, it is a sign of our own lack of self-esteem and confidence. Humility is the recognition that we let go of the world of measurement. And this is a beautiful quote on Bichel, which is humility. Bichel is the... Hasidic translation to humility, it's not thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking of yourself less. I think we should pause. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a pausing moment. Yeah, let's just say the quote Can you again. say that again? Yeah. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking of yourself less. I love that so much. It's such a shift in perspective. Einstein once said that, you know, you can't solve a problem from the same place it was created. So our understanding of confidence was created in a place where that's so limiting and we've got to reintroduce it here in the way that Carolyn McHugh did in in her TED talk. One thing that she said that really stood out to me is when she stood up there, right, she was in front of a lot of people and she said, she was talking about, and I'm sure many of you can relate to this, fear of public speaking is the number one fear that people have. People are so afraid of speaking publicly. You know, what she said when she got up there is, I am not in the center of attention. You are at the center of my attention. I love that. Like, that's just like that shift that's so profound. Well, this reminds me, um, I was listening to a Tim Ferriss interview. He was interviewing a man named Derek Silvers on developing confidence and finding happiness. He created CD Baby. When I was a singer I, I, um, and I had a, an album, I actually put it through CD Baby um, before Spotify and Apple and no, before Apple. all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Before when... all the, all the uh, technological jazz. <laughs> um, so he first started out by being a circus clown. He was 18 years old. Someone offered him to be a performer in a circus and he decided to go for it. And he shares that he developed his confidence when he started off doing this at 18 years old, performing in a circus. And his booking agent's wife pointed out to him, he he was very close with them, pointed out to him that these people who are in the audience came here for a show. 
So go give them what they came for. It's not about you. It's about them. And after being on stage thousands and thousands of times, it kind of sunk in. It took time, but it sunk in. You get on stage to give the audience what they came for. He learned early on from performing at a circus that this was his biggest lesson in confidence is not worrying so much about himself, but more about what he's contributing to the people. What was the quote you just shared? That I'm not in the center of attention. You are in the center of my attention. Right. Um, And that's really the bottom line is that it's not really about us. um, And even more so, it's not about us as we compare it to others. It's just about, you know, the purpose that we're here for. If we're concerned about what people might think or concerned about appearing a certain way, because everyone's got a different opinion, this world is made up of so many different people with different opinions. So if we don't look within ourselves, I like to, I like to use the term like the emotional stock market. Like we're, we, the stock market is volatile, right? You never know how it's going to perform. It'll be, it'll have ups and downs. And anyone who has done high risk investing knows that if you're really attaching yourself emotionally to the ups, the highs and the lows, you are in for a roller coaster ride. Um, yeah. And it's not different I watched my dad there. do that. Always, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. it's great perspective. And speaking of perspective, let's bring in Tanya's perspective on this topic. My favorite in, part. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it kind of, it, it brings it all together, you know? It really it's does. Amazing. We are actually blown away every time. Well, we bring all these books and, and theories together and then there's, it's just all there in Tanya. And it's so sensitive. About in chapter 30, in Tanya, I say, just say, be humble before all man to see beneath the surface that we aren't better or worse than anyone. Everyone has a struggle in their own way. So when you look at someone and judge that you are on a higher level than them, it's a false comparison. We need to humble ourselves before them and look at what that person is surrounded by. And that humbles us. I wanted to mention earlier when you had mentioned gratitude that um, Hasidus actually says that gratitude becomes possible through humility. And it's so true. When we feel entitled, it's difficult to find room for joy and thankfulness because nothing is ever enough. Like when we're feeling overly confident or, or feeling like we deserve this. When we have humility, it overcomes the feeling of entitlement and helps us tap into the feeling of gratefulness for all we have in our lives. That was something that came to mind when you mentioned gratitude. And also, Chase Taub had shared, true confidence is lack of self-consciousness. So just think about that for a minute. When you're self-conscious, you're in your own head, the second guessing everything. Like, what do people think of me? And that ends up creating a lack of confidence. But when you're lacking self-consciousness, then you're truly confident. Do you get what I'm saying? So self-consciousness means that you're almost you're, like hyper aware of right. how you self perceive. And so you can't be confident if you're constantly yeah. worried about how other people perceive you. By the same token, when you're lacking self-consciousness, where do you get that from? You get that from God consciousness. So it's kind of replacing the self-consciousness with God consciousness. Instead of thinking about ourselves, you're thinking about Hashem. Don't, you, know, you, you don't think, hey, I did this. You think Hashem did it through me. So confidence and humility, like we discussed, this, this really is like the culmination of understanding it. They really go hand in hand because the common denominator of both of them is, not, is that I'm not thinking about myself so much. I'm thinking right. about God 
whatever gifts we do have that we are confident about, it comes from him. And that's where we can really tap into a deeper understanding of the of this quote humility is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less we're actually so much better off being confident and any of these thoughts that you have about people rejecting you or thinking you're arrogant or pompous having those thoughts alone means that it's probably not the case first of all because usually people who are actually arrogant are not thinking what if i'm coming off as arrogant so chances are if you if you believe that to begin with, then you're probably okay to, to tap into your confidence. Um, I give you permission to say, (laughs) thank you. I give myself, I give myself permission to say, thank you so much without having to excuse Excuse whatever it is. If we're going to leave you with one thing, I would say the next time you receive a compliment or the next time you in some way believe that someone else's wins, someone else's success means that in some way you failed, just pause. And if it's a compliment, say thank you and embrace the discomfort of just saying thank you without having to go on. If you relate to this, I don't know if everyone relates to this. I know many people do. Um, If you don't, maybe you know someone who does and you can pass along this message or share the link to this podcast. Yeah. And if you see someone else reaching success, even if it's in an area that you value and you might feel maybe threatened or just again, you could pause and say that this person's success does not diminish mine. If anything, it, it enhances mine and a rising tide will raise all ships. I know I just said it again. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, not apologizing. I said it again. again. Thank you for saying that either. And, (laughs) um, and also the third element of comparing yourself to someone else like that really looking at it more as like a mentorship rather than comparing yourself to the person oh so there's this concept I I read somewhere about the power of I am whatever follows I am will determine what your experience will be I am lonely I am frustrated etc and it becomes that so invite what you want in your life to follow the I am Whatever follows I am will eventually find you. So I am strong. I am talented. I am a masterpiece. These are all qualities that God has given us that we want to bring out. So start speaking all the positive qualities after I am instead of the negative ones. Everything you want to be your truth. And when you do that, you begin to speak the truth of I am to the power of what can really be. I love that. That was really great, Rafa. Well, we've we've shared quite a few nice quotes. If even though we are struggling or we may struggle internally with our confidence or with our humility, you are whatever you pretend to be. Put all those feelings aside and put what you really want into action and who you really want to be into action. That's so true. It's like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's what it is. You, if you, you're creating your own reality and tapping into confidence is very much a part of that. And putting it into action. Yeah. Yeah. Confidence isn't walking into the room feeling that you're better than everyone. It's walking in, not having to compare yourself to anyone at all. We each have an essence. It's that deep essence that many of us are trying to tap into. It's not easy, right? There's a lot of background noise and there's a lot of surface stuff getting in the way. And so I love this analogy of a diamond ring. A diamond ring is a diamond ring. And No one looks at a diamond ring and says, oh, that's a piece of gold with a diamond on it, right? The diamond's value is so much greater than the gold that it completely changes the the essence, the nature of the ring, and it redefines it. 
right? So it's no, it's no longer a gold ring. Now it's a diamond ring because the gold is secondary to the diamond. And we don't say that it's a gold ring with a diamond. Yeah. It's, it's just a diamond ring. A diamond ring. True. This is like our soul, our neshama, right? It doesn't only that add value to us. It completely redefines us. It changes um, the nature of who we are when we know that we're carrying um, you know, part of, of something greater than ourselves. And that's when we start to see ourselves differently. Essentially, we're not physical beings with a spiritual side. We are spiritual beings with a physical body. And that's how we have to see ourselves. And when we do, we redefine the way we view ourselves and we enter into a different realm of understanding. And it's, it's a very um, life-altering perspective, I think. Yeah, and it, it ties in everything we've been saying. Yeah. Know, it, it's not about us. If we if we recognize it's it's the gifts that we've been given. It's about Hashem. It's not about the people around us. Even though when we have humility, we take them into account. And it's not just that it's not about us in a, in a self-deprecating way. Like like I don't matter. It's very important to make yeah. the distinction. Mm-hmm. It's not about us in that I am not in the center of attention. You are in the center of my attention. Right. Which does not mean that I am diminishing myself. It just a, a switch. It's like a switch in the way that it's a reframing. And that, yeah. and yeah, and that allows us to have the confidence to be who we are. Uh, this is a beautiful quote that we can end with that ties into everything that hopefully will give us all the confidence <laughs> to go ahead with our day and our future um, in an authentic way with humility. It's what you do with what you have that makes you who you are. It will, please God, give us all the confidence we need to make this world a better place. And making the world the center of your attention as opposed to feeling that you are in the center of the world's attention. Well, that's it for today. Until next time. (laughs) Until next time. Thank you for joining us.